Would you do me a favor? Would you please stand with me as we pray and delve right into the Word of God? Stuart, thank you so much for uh, your helping us this day. The Lord has a ram in the bush, <laughs> I tell you. Our great and wonderful King, our God and Savior, our Lord, Jesus Christ, we are indeed privileged to be here today, and we thank you that you have granted us the favor to be here and to honor your name. For those not feeling well, would you bless, would you touch those not here today, those that are here? We are indeed thankful to you. We thank you for the work and jobs that you have given people. Lord, how incredible. Yes, work was from the very beginning of time. And Lord, even in eternity, we will be working. People think it's going to be just laying back. No, but it will be an enjoyable, enjoyable thing. We thank you right now that you have allowed us to gather as a body to fellowship with one another, to have koinonia, fellowship with each other. And so we pray today that God, your righteousness and your love will pervade this place. We thank you right now for bringing Pastor Ronnie back safely, the hunts, Tanya's father. We thank you for the tremendous time that they've had there. And as God, we have worshipped as we continue to, hear, Lord, prepare, as we have been prepared. Give us ears to hear the word of God. And may our hearts be attuned to all that, God, you have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. For those who don't know, today is May the 1st. Today is May the 1st. Philemon chapter 1, it's only one chapter. We're going to read verses 17 through 19. Today I woke up with a fever, but it broke before I left the house. In fact, I was sitting on the stairs. I said, well, Lord, I'm going. Anyway, thank you. And soon after the fever broke. <laughs> I don't know when the last time I got in bed at 7 o'clock in the evening, a few days, last week, and didn't want to get up the next morning, but I had to. For me to sleep more than about four or five hours is unusual, but man, I've been enjoying these eight, nine, when I can't get them in, ten. <laughs> if I didn't have to get up yesterday, I wouldn't have. You know, God made an incredible body, Right? I remember one year, back in 2012, the Lord says, okay, you've been running long enough. Just I got done with this grant, and the Lord shut me down for about three months. Got up to go to work. And I said, I'm just going to sit down on the couch and just, just for a moment. Slept all day long. After just getting up, I had never felt anything like that. I think that was Corona 2012. <laughs> I got a head start on y'all. <laughs> but when you get sick, it really makes you appreciate your health. It makes you appreciate your health. It does and does. I mean, you just have low energy. You know, and cause I'm, I'm just used to just running and going and going. Man, Sister Florence passed me the other day. <laughs> (laughs) 
Well, I can still joke, I can tell you that. But <laughs> this is how it reads in Philemon 17 through 19. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of your own me, even your own self. May God bless the reading of his word. A writing to a friend with a very special request. Part five. Appeals for money during campaign season is as common as ants invading homes during the summer looking for food. When there is an appeal made, the reason for the appeal must be considered. It is of a worthy cause that has been asked by Paul of his friend Philemon. A cause of one to forgive someone where one has been done wrong. What do you do when an appeal has been made to you when... The person has done wrong to you. What do you do when the person that is asking you is a close friend asking you to forgive a person that you don't really know if they've changed or not? Well, this is where Paul is with Philemon asking, would you forgive Onesimus? We've been dealing with this passage now for a while. We're on part five. And Paul being in prison in Rome, house arrest, is still concerned about ministry. He is concerned that the person who has been changed because of his life, his ministry, of ministering to him, he's concerned now that he needs to send him back. Even though he would love to keep him with him, he's concerned about his welfare. Will he be forgiven when I send him back? We have been looking at different points along the way. Today I want to go to a fourth point as we have been noting the matter of appeal. In this fourth point it is, we note the directness in the appeal by Paul. We note the directness in the appeal. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. Coin onan is a derivative of koinonia. We get the word fellowship. But here in coin onan, it means partner. It is here that Paul presents his very special request. Paul does not seem to forget That not only is there a spiritual matter at play, there's also the commercial aspect of Onesimus being a slave. And that as he looks at this, it involves a transaction that has to be considered. In Paul's writing Philemon, Paul does not know how Philemon is going to respond. He doesn't know. 
Paul cannot dismiss the matter that a wrong has happened. Clearly, Onesimus has done his master wrong. And in Paul's appeal, he has to take the chance, but not knowing what the response is going to be. But there is the aspect that Paul wants Philemon to focus on a few things. One, as he has already told Philemon, Paul wants Philemon to remember that he is a brother who has proven faithful. Do you not know it is hard to find faithful people in the body of Christ or faithful people? It's hard. It's not to say that a person doesn't blow it, but faithful. Gets up and tries again. When people are playing baseball or sports, they will oftentimes go over those same drills over and over again. It says, we want you to get the basics down. So even though you might start adding other things later, one of the things that I've told you before, what happens in baseball, if you have been a great hitter and all of a sudden you go into a slump, oftentimes they will go back and begin to redo and and practice again those things that they've done before. They'll go back to the basics. So Paul says that you have proven yourself faithful. The second thing is that that forgiveness, that forgiveness is what Paul wants Philemon uh, to give. He's writing because I'm also wanting you to focus on this matter of forgiveness. The third thing is that Philemon... Paul wants Philemon to view the request not only from the aspect of forgiveness, but now consider when looking at Onesimus that he wants Philemon to see it as being Paul. So when you see Onesimus and you're seeing forgiveness, I want you to consider since we are partners in ministry that you are forgiving me. (laughs) That matter of partnership is very, very important. Partnering, partnering. In the Bible, when Paul went on his first missionary journey, you will discover that Paul and Barnabas went together. John Mark later, John Mark actually went as well, but there was a problem. And then later, Paul and, I believe, Silas went. But you will notice this matter of partnering. Paul dwells upon that matter of being a partner in the very first Part of of verse 17. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If we're partners, think about him just like you would think about me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 23, it says, As for Titus, look at that word, he is my partner and fellow worker for your benefit. And as for our brothers, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. You see that? As for Titus, he is my partner. Hmm. That that matter of partnership is is key, is important here. In Luke chapter 5, verse number 10, And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. You see that? And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. You will be fishers of men. The partnership between Peter and James and John was the fact that they had a business together. 
See that? And, and so that partnership was important in that sense, that same word being used, partnership. The reference of partner by Paul would not be as a slave partner, but in faith. The appeal is to Philemon as a fellow worker to the churches. Do you not know that the church has to be a forgiving body? <laughs> what does God do? What does God do in the world? He takes people, I tell you what, from the world and puts them where? Right in the church. Takes people from the world and puts them right in the church. Their unitedness, their partnership comes as they both share the mission of honoring Jesus. Honoring the Lord. We must be careful not to bypass that even though Paul might be forceful in his approach, and even though he has been very generous with his words and encouraging, yet he makes the appeal very strongly, but yet still with this matter of asking him. He is respectful and still asking a friend whom he considers a partner to forgive. The appeal, the appeal is from one partner now to another partner. Everything of the letter to Philemon comes to this point here. It is a build-up from the beginning to the point where Paul now is, where he says, Will you forgive Onesimus? The remarks and positive words of Philemon's love for the body, him being known for his good works in his community and abroad, is here put to the test of Paul asking a partner to do something that might be very hard to do. You see, when you're in the Greco-Roman world, the Greco-Roman world considered it very important that there was a distinction between classes so that the person who was owned, a slave who was had their owner, they were not put on the same level. So for Paul to be asking Philemon to actually receive a person back on a level, in fact, rather than hurting him or beating him or doing whatever because he had actually taken something from him, it, it could be a problem for Paul. Why? Because there had to be a clear distinction of roles. Here is Philemon, a person well known in society, and here is Philemon, or rather Onesimus, a slave. And in fact, if you eat, take it even a step further, here is Paul, a prisoner, asking a person of society, Philemon now, to do something. Paul, in fact, is considered to be lower in this sense than Philemon. But when it comes to ministry, they're partners. They're of a, on an equal plane, on an equal level. And so it has to be understood that for Paul to make this request... In the Greco-Roman world, it could be problematic because it would be expected that Onesimus would have been disciplined because of what he has done. So we note the directness of the appeal. If you consider me a partner, receive him as you would receive me. That's bold. Just like you're looking at Onesimus, think about me standing before you. Verse number 18. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. Hmm. I got to think about that one for a minute. 
Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. What is happening here? In verse number 18, Paul uses this word if. It is not a word denoting or dealing with the fact that if by chance or a possibility, the word if oftentimes used here oftentimes is a confirmation that something has already taken place. It is not casting doubt that something may have happened. It is uh, an insurance that something has actually occurred. Since, in fact, he has wronged you, it could be read. Or owes you anything, charge that to my account. So Paul is not doubting that Onesimus has done wrong, but it is more of an indication that he did do wrong. And Paul uses uses what we call an accounting term. Charge it to my account. This would be the matter that we look at legally as a binding contract. When Paul says to him, if he has done anything, I want you to charge it to my account, Paul says that I am entering now for Onesimus who has done you wrong, I'm going into a binding legal contract right now. It is as if you have signed on the dotted line. It says, I guarantee to pay it back. This is what Paul does. For Paul to make this appear would seem to be very interesting because Paul is in prison. Paul, ain't, Paul don't have an income coming in. You know, Paul had some that helped him in the ministry. Paul was going to probably have to call in some of those markers and say, hey, I put myself out there. I need some help from y'all. <laughs> but don't forget, he had the means or the ability somehow to make ends meet because the Bible talks about that he rented his own place for two years when he was on house arrest. Whatever the case here, Paul is putting himself in debt to Philemon on behalf of Onesimus. And he's doing it legally. Huh. The matter we consider is the depth that Paul goes to to advocate for Onesimus. Isn't this incredible? He goes to great lengths to advocate for Onesimus. Why does he do this? Why does he go to the length of advocating for a person that he knows he's done wrong? Well, Paul believes that Onesimus is not going to prove him wrong and is willing to back it up with a payment. The matter we consider is the depth that he goes to in advocating. Paul believes that Onesimus is good for it. Do you not know sometimes when we consider vouching for a person that we put our own reputation on the line? And we tell the person, no, don't let me down. You tell your kid, now when you're going out there, you're representing me. <laughs> I told you all before, I told you. When I sometimes could be someplace totally different, they say, aren't you Reverend Small Son? Mm. He said, do I answer that question or not? 
Because that's just something like, like an indictment if I answer that question. What do I say? If I say, yeah, I know I'm in trouble. If I say, no, they're lying. They're going to say, you're lying. Yeah, it is. I know you. I know you look like him. Yes, you are. They're they going to say, no, what do I do? I said, well, pa- Pastor Small had three kids. He had an older son and two daughters. <laughs> I just happened to come along. <laughs> What Paul wants here is that there would be this matter of this legal agreement that if Philemon says, Paul, this is what I'm demanding, Paul says, I'm going to pay it on behalf of Onesimus. I'm willing to sign on the dotted line. The fifth thing that I want us to note in verse 19, the fifth point is we note the legal obligation in the appeal That can be 18 and 19, the legal obligations. So just write the note, the legal obligation. When Paul says, I, Paul, write this with my own hand, I will repay it to say nothing of you owing me your own life. Not only does Paul say, I'm going to have you added to my account, Paul now takes the pen in his hand. When Paul would use what's called an amanuensis, A-M-A-N-U-E-N-S-I-S, an amanuensis, Big word for a scribe, person who was a scribe, amanuensis. When Paul wrote in the New Testament, uh, he often used an amanuensis. But here it says he takes the stylus, the pen, in his own hand, and he obligates himself. Look at what it says carefully. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. It's Paul's. It is not Paul simply taking the pen to show authenticity because the handwriting would have changed. But it is Paul saying, as I've said, that he is now binding himself to a contract on paper. So we note the legal obligation in the appeal. If the request comes back from Philemon, this is what it is. Paul does not rely. On his, on his amanuensis. But what he does do, he relies upon his own writing to be the one, the very thing that confirms this contract. Some commentators suggest that, as said before, that Philemon might have even smiled and laughed as he knew Paul's condition. That Paul didn't have any really ability to pay anything back. And we don't ever hear, that as, as from what I see, that Philemon said, okay, Paul, I'm going to forgive him. But the indication is that he must have. But then Paul says to say nothing of your own me, even your own self. The pressure that Paul places on Philemon is one, first of all, of recognizing how special Philemon has been. Paul also says that I want you to know, Philemon, that I recognize that a harm has been done to you, even in the fact that you lost the labor of Onesimus for a season. However long it may have been, because think about it, from wherever he was, he had to travel to Rome. It took a while. It wasn't getting on no 10, 11, 7, 7, 7, 67 going across the waters to Hawaii. No, he'd have been in the water, rowing, or, or with the sails trying to get there. Not only to get there, then he had to come back. I tell you, we have this kind of, this idea that things happen quickly. Nah, it takes a while. 
takes a while. We, we can't have this microwave type religion, hurry up and get done. No, we have to take time. And it took time for them to get there. Let me say this. One of the things for Paul that I believe is on his mind, because Paul was a deep thinker. thinker. Now, this is just me. I haven't read, I haven't, I haven't seen this just yet. It's probably there. But Paul must have been thinking about John Mark. When John Mark refused to continue with Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey, and John Mark got seasick, got sick, whatever the case may have been, how, whatever happened, turned around and went home. And then when Paul and Barnabas are about to go on their second missionary journey, Barnabas, his relative, his cousin say, hey, let's take John Mark again. Paul says, no, he can't go. No, he left us the first time. And they got in such a sharp dispute that they split. But then they came back years later. They came back later. Got it right. I believe that Paul must have had the situation with John Mark in his mind as he's dealing with Philemon and Onesimus, dealing with this matter of forgiveness. That Paul remembered and said later in his writings how useful he had become. Paul comes to this recognition that people need to have chances and be able to make a change and do things differently. Be able to say, oh, I I blew it, I'm sorry. This matter of Philemon and Onesimus is very, very significant Because Paul just doesn't know which way it's going to go, but the appeal is made. And then he puts himself on the line. How many of you are willing to put yourself on the line for another? Isn't it amazing that the Lord stepped in our stead, signed the legal contract, and died on the cross for our sins? He stepped in place, into place, right into the area where we should have been, where where we had to pay the price And he said, I take this now and I sign the document. I'll do it. Today is marvelous to know that God has given us such forgiveness and such of his grace that we have to be willing to extend. Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful to you today for your love and your kindness and your mercy and your grace. And the privilege that we have this tremendous matter of Philemon, Onesimus, Paul, the church. Dealing with a, a pain, a harm that's been done, and a matter of reconciliation and forgiveness. And today we thank you right now that Paul was willing to legally obligate himself on behalf of a person that he didn't even know before. To be willing to say, I will be responsible for pain. Whatever debt he owes, I'll pay it. We thank you for the position that Philemon was in. To be asked, to be recognized, to not be run over, but to be recognized as having the responsibility to respond. And we thank you right now that you give that to us, and we love you, and we honor you, and we thank you. We thank you that as the body of Christ, we can show the world how forgiveness works, how it's done. And we thank you that you placed it right here in Scripture For us to be able to see, to be able to, Lord, learn from. We give your name the the glory, and we give you all of the praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen.